Hey, Collateral Cinema listeners, Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast, just taking a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. Much like Collateral Cinema, we are a grassroots podcast. We invite bands from all over the world to come in, and we dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. Tonight on The Director's Cut, we're talking Friday the 13th, one of the all-time classic slasher movie franchises. So stay tuned. The show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And we are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. And ladies and gentlemen, we are weathering the storm right now. Right, Robert? Oh, yeah. Trying to get through it if we can. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of we're kind of in the middle of some... Severe weather, I guess. It's it's kind of passed over for the most part. Yeah, tornado, flash flood, warnings everywhere, right? Yeah, but here we are on the mic, podcasting, doing the damn thing, right? On a collateral cinema director's cut. During the COVID-19, I, yeah, we have to still. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We're still much. essential somewhat. <laughs> oh, we're very essential. Are you kidding me? We have to be. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And we are actually doing something a little different on the show again. We are going to do a full franchise deep dive analysis for one of our all-time favorites when it comes to the slasher horror genre. And that is, of course, the immortal Friday the 13th. Robert, this is a series that means a lot to you, right? Yes, it does. Ever since Blockbuster was was a thing, you know? Oh, man. I remember seeing all the Friday the 13th boxes on the horror sections at Hollywood Video or Blockbuster Video. That was the first thing you did. You went to the horror section, right? I did the same thing. And, and that's pretty much the same with any video store, be mm. it the, one of the old Cheney rental shops like Blockbuster or Hollywood Video yeah. or the little mom and pop places like my, my little place was Latest and Greatest Video in San Antonio. Uh, that's what my parents and I would go to whenever we uh, would go and have a weekend at my grandmother and my grandfather's house. Rentals was a thing. Get your popcorn, get your game, get your uh, oh, yeah. whatever movies you're going to rent. Oh, yeah, yeah and, and you yeah. know that we had to get a game as well. I mean, that was just yeah, like tradition. New Xbox games were like a big thing back then, right? Well, in my time, it was Super Nintendo and Nintendo yeah. games, of course. I remember having to rent a console at one time. Yeah, I, th I think I did that with an Xbox at a Blockbuster. It was probably over the new Spider-Man game that was the Tobey Maguire yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But anyway, tangent over... Let's get into Friday the 13th. How about that, Robert? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. All right. The very first movie, the one that started it all, is quite possibly the one movie out of the series that 
is very much the odd man out, like starting out, right? Yeah. I mean, the first Friday the 13th, do we want to go in that? Because that sets the standard. Yeah, that, that's, that's what that's we're going the, into yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, that set the standard for the slasher genre for the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Halloween did come before it, and mm. there's quite a few tropes that were actually established via that movie. But Yeah, it was. This series pretty much sets its own standard when it comes to tropes, right? Yeah, because it practically came out every year. There was a Jace movie every year, right? In the 80s. Yeah, especially during the 80s. And, I mean, a lot of the tropes that we see in slasher movies that came after this, they were pretty much set here. Like, for instance, you had the Crazy Ralph character, the kooky old man who's the doomsayer. That, that's kind of a trope that has been repeated in other movies. We'll call him Dave, too. Oh, he, yeah. If can. <laughs> that's We're, after one of our co-workers. He's... he's uh, There's a Dave in he, every, he's, he's in every a Friday 13th. <laughs> yeah, he's a character, and he could definitely play a Crazy Ralph. Th well, that's, like, one of my favorite parts of the movie, really, is Crazy Ralph. I mean, the first moment you see him, he's just like... It's called a death curse. You're all doomed. <laughs> doomed. You know, old man, dude. That's funny. I mean, he kind of plays it like an old school uh, sci-fi character or old school horror character, right? Yeah. Going back to the early 60s, probably was Psycho or something. Yeah. I mean, we start with a young girl hitchhiking. She goes into town and... When she brings up Crystal Lake, everybody's just really abrasive towards her. Yeah. And then she ends up being the first victim, unfortunately. Did you see that when she walked into the diner, they were all looking at her like, do you know where Camp Crystal Lake is? Looking at her like, like Children of the Corn. Like, yeah, you, you, you want to go there? What the fuck? Like, why do you want to go there? <laughs> it's got a death curse. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's where we first see Crazy Ralph, right? Yeah, doesn't he like pop out of the cabin or something? And it's, yeah, he pops, yeah, he yeah, pops it, out of the pantry, and then he scares the shit out of the counselors, right, or something? Yeah, yeah. But the first time that you see him is whenever that trucker is going to give uh, that girl the the first victim her the ride. Oh yeah, Lake. He, he's yeah. in town riding his bike. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like, and Dave totally fits that. Character. That is Dave. Dave is that character. That's. I don't know if Dave will ever listen to this, but hey, Dave, we love you, man. Dave, you are totally crazy Ralph, We man. need you. Everybody needs somebody like you, though. Everybody needs a crazy Ralph in yeah. their life. <laughs> I mean, that's the star. Intruders, I mean, that was great. Yeah, but then we get to the actual camp, and we, we're introduced pretty much to the entirety of the cast right then and there, including the final girl, Adrienne King's character, Alice, right? Yeah, and yeah. she would go on into the beginning of part two, which didn't last, and, really. And is it just me, or does Alice and Steve Christie seem to have a little bit of history together? Huh. I mean, you think that maybe they were kind of sleeping together? It actually put off that vibe. Maybe it was just like a fling or something. Either that, or he's just being a fucking creepler. With short shorts and a... And no shirt on. The porn stash, John, yeah. Holmes, John Holmes style, you know. <laughs> and, and, and he's just got his, his you know, chest and everything all just hanging out there and whatnot. It's it's hey, like, I got my short shorts cut to where my ball sack are. It's like, like, yeah, 1979 was an interesting time, wasn't it? Crop tops, yeah. Oh, my Lord. 
And I, was, I wasn't there, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> now, what do you think of the kills in this movie? I wish I had my little pamphlet. We can read that, go off the kill count. Oh, that's but, right. You have the box set that yeah. has all the stats for the movies. Yeah, dude, that is great. Yeah, that's really cool. And and the body count that they put in there is pretty interesting. I like that feature. That little pamphlet book I got with all eight discs is pretty cool, actually. It is. It shows it, a history. It shows a budget. It shows a kill yeah, count. It, it shows the weapons. And, you know. Yeah, you're right. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting breakdown. But back to this movie right here. I mean, the kills were pretty interesting if a little edited down because at the time the MPAA really was yeah. coming down hard on horror movies. They did the so a little of this original footage is lost or it was cut. Yeah. Actually they released the uncut version. That's what I have on DVD. Oh really? You do have that. Yeah. yeah I yeah. have the full uncut version. Like I mean I think that you have the regular version on your box set, right? I think it's the regular version. Yours is an uncut, yeah. Yeah, and it definitely lingers on a lot of the gore and a lot of the deaths and everything. Yeah, and, and, of course, Tom Savini did the gore effects. I, I think he's pretty much done the gore effects for all the Friday the 13th movies up to a certain point, right? Man, it's brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, sheer brilliance, man. I think we were talking about it all the way up to the final chapter, right? All the gore effects and watching the behind-the-scenes special features, right? Yeah. yeah, that was actually fun to do since I finally got a DVD player with a remote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, and, I mean, we were watching the final chapter, though. I, I haven't really gotten into the special features on the Friday the 13th DVD, but I really like a lot of the characters in this movie. Like, probably more so than... Any other Friday the 13th, maybe save for Jason Takes Manhattan, which, you know, spoiler alert, is like my all-time favorite Friday the 13th movie. Hands down, for some people. It had a high budget. And yeah. You know what? It yeah, was but, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, but honestly, I mean, Friday the 13th, the original, it doesn't have a really great audience review on Rotten Tomatoes, and the critics' reviews no. are kind of low as well. It's got a major star, though. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon started in the, this movie. This is his first movie of his career, right? Um, I think it was in Animal House before the... Oh, know, he was? I saw him there. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. And, I mean, isn't that kind of interesting since, you know, like Johnny Depp, he got his start on Nightmare on Elm Street. Jennifer Aniston's first real role was... Leprechaun. Leprechaun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Came out of a show before that in the 80s. And... How do you think uh, Kevin Bacon uh, fares as an actor in this movie? You know, he really didn't get his rise to fame until Footloose. But, yeah. you know, going in as an un-actor, I mean, this budget had, like, what, 200000 maybe? Something like that. I mean... No, no, 500000 something like that, right? $500,000. I mean... Yeah. Paltry amount back then. Nowadays, it would be closer to like a million, 1.2 million or something yeah, like that. at least that. give somebody a million dollars. They could do something with it, you know? Yeah. But and Sean S. Cunningham, he did a lot with this first movie. Made it work. 
He really made it work. And of course, there's the the all-time classic spoiler that everyone knows by now, but it was referenced in Scream, and that's the killer is actually Pamela Voorhees. Pamela Voorhees. It was yeah. Jason. It was Jason. No, it was Pamela Voorhees, it was bro. Jason. I saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Mm. Oh my god. That is a trick question. If it you, is. If but, you really didn't see the first one, you but, just assume Jason's the killer the whole time. You're gonna get the, you're gonna get it wrong. But it's one of those things that by now it's kind of known pretty much by cultural osmosis by this point. I think that trick question still holds up. Who was the killer on the Friday the Thirteenth? Right. I I think it's by this point a little you should bit know of that. a a real horror fan would know that. Yeah, but it's it's also kind of a cliche thing to bring up now. Yeah, it it's is. It's like, I mean, everybody kind of knows this. Dakota Nash don't. Zoomers. Zoomers don't know. Zoomers don't know. Zoomers <laughs> don't know anything. Damn Zoomers. Except fork knife. <laughs> oh, my God, the fork knife. <laughs> fork knife and Apex. I don't know. But, Robert, just overall, what do you think of the first movie? You know, it set the tone for newcomers, indies. The film just, you know... It started it. It started the whole thing, right? Damn. Yeah, totally. Like slumber party. Um, what is it? When a stranger calls. What else? Even Wes Craven coming out of the seventies with what was that? Last was, House on the Left. Yeah, and Hills of Eyes, and then he yeah. goes into Freddy and makes it his slasher. It's like, dude. Yeah, the eighties were great. I mean, damn. Yeah, for sure. And I honestly have a real soft spot for the first movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot of fun, and it's one of the first actual horror movies that I ever watched that was full-on R-rated when I was a kid, so you know, there's that. I, you know, I watched these out of order, actually. I, I didn't see the first one first time. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. I think I saw part two more than anything, you know? Yeah, and speaking of part two, let's go ahead and move on to that Let's movie. move on to part two. Like, I mean, we all know how... Friday the 13th ends. Uh, Adrian King's character, Alice, she ma she manages to defeat Pamela Voorhees, decapitating her. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, if you had not seen it already. And she goes out into a rowboat, drifts for a little while, and then when it looks like everything is hunky-dory, Jason himself just jumps out of the water, grabs her and pulls her in, and then she wakes up. See, the Jace from 1958 popped out. That's yeah. funny. It's, it's 1979 at least, right? Right, right. That's funny. What is that? Hallucinating? Who knows, man? Who knows? Because that was the kid, Jason. I, I like to think that maybe it was some kind of hallucination. But it's a hallucination, dude. What is that? But it pretty much goes straight into the second movie with Alice. She's yeah. home, and she's recovering from the trauma of what she experienced. And somehow... Jason manages to find her, and it's actually a very memorable kill, I think. Yeah, how, how did he find her? What is he, a Terminator? Phone book killer? How did he know where to find her? That's a good question. That's why I'm, I fully adhere to the canon that Jason Voorhees can teleport. Teleportation. Even back then when he was just a regular dude, it's like he had some kind of powers. So Michael Myers. I, I know that walk. sounds incredibly dumb, but in my head, I don't know. That just makes the most sense. No, you're on to <laughs> something there because Michael Myers walks and he still can but, get ahead. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, I mean, 
this is the first time we see Jason. He's not necessarily a he's not necessarily an undead character at this point. He's he just he didn't really drown then. Maybe how did he get wa- he got washed up and just surviving on his own? You know? Yeah, it, it's something that's never really adequately explained. Maybe the I current think. took him under and washed him ashore. He didn't really drown, you know? Yeah, I mean seriously, I mean that's a huge. I I don't know if it's a plot hole or not, but but he didn't die. I mean, here we are having to speculate as to how the fuck Jason managed to survive and grow up in the woods, and exactly. And also was aware enough of what his mom was doing to, you know, want revenge. Seeking revenge. It's been at least 20 years. She sought revenge as soon as the camp opened, right? Yeah. But, I mean, she's dead and Jason has her head in a shrine at her, at his little shed you know that what he's I like? living out of. Uh, you know what I like? I like how these movies pick up from the original ending, like right after the other. Yeah, pretty much all the movies do that, right? Yeah, they do that, so you don't forget what happens. It's like I, a cliffhanger leading up to the final moment, right? Yeah, it at least attempts to set up some type of continuity. Yeah. And it, I think it does so rather well in the second movie. And the Jason we have here, he's younger, he has long hair, he's deformed, but he's not zombified. He's got a potato sack over his head. Yeah, he's got a potato sack over his head, which is a... overalls and flannel. Yeah, which, I don't know, is that maybe a reference to the town that dreaded sundown? That's what I thought, dude. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I mean, which movie came out first? The town that dreaded sundown. That came out in the 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it probably would have come out before then. And then right? the Bay of Blood, remember we referenced that because of the kills in part two were like yeah, that's, a lot like Bay of Blood. Yeah, yeah. We're, of course, we're talking about Mario Bava's all-time classic, I guess it's a giallo, yeah. I don't know, uh, Bay of Blood. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of scenes, especially kill scenes that are pretty much lifted straight from that movie. I'm going to go back and watch that. They have the Blu-ray version. Maybe we can get that on, what is it, eBay? Sorry. Maybe. Maybe we can find eBay. it on eBay. <laughs> yeah. eBay, get anything on eBay or Amazon Prime. Yeah, always. Always, of course. And the kills in this movie were just as imaginative, I think. You know, if a bit straightforward. Yeah, because remember, this is the first time you do see Jason and not his mother. So Yeah. And in this particular scenario in this movie, are they necessarily at Camp Crystal Lake here? I, I don't entirely remember. I think it's the same lake, but different campgrounds. Remember they talk about a camp over? Yeah. That killings happened and that, yeah. It's the same lake, but different campgrounds, even even the reboot, right? Yeah, with yeah. With Jared It's the same lake. But That's somehow weird. with Jason takes Manhattan... It connects to the ocean, right? That's what's funny. <laughs> yeah, lake. that's something that we'll discuss in the next episode when we get to Jason Takes yeah, we'll, Manhattan. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, but in this scenario, it's a bunch of counselors, I guess, and they're they're living in the guest house. I mean, I take it, of some type, right? Yeah, you know what? They really don't actually reopen enough to where the kids come in. I mean, Jason just kills them right the first two nights, right, or something. Yeah, they're literally not even there, like... Long 24 enough. hours. They're not there long enough to even open, you know, or prepare to open. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm trying to figure out how the fuck they could actually think they could get away with opening it after another massacre happened at another camp, you know, at Camp Crystal Lake. But they just keep doing it, though, you know? It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't understand that. That That's actually something that's kind of comical about the actual setting of this movie and, and the movies that come after this. It's like, I mean, how many times are they going to try to fuck with Camp Crystal Lake? Maybe until it dries up. I don't know. What are they going to do? Yeah, who fucking knows? Who knows, man? Like but yeah, all these cancelers, they get together, they have lots of sex, smokes lots of weed. He smells that. He smells premarital sex before it even happens. Yeah, oh, yeah. He can smell the sex in the air. He can smell weed. I don't know. This guy's got powers. And... I really do like the ending here because it, it kind of has a little bit of a parallel to the end because Jason just comes out of nowhere and just grabs the main final girl. Right through the window with the machete still in his, in his shoulder, I believe, right? Yeah, and it kind of has a similar fade out to the aftermath, right? Yeah, you're right. Like, like she's, she's being wheeled out on a, on a stretcher and she's just like, where's Paul? Where's Paul? I mean, we're to assume that Paul was killed when Jason busted through the the window and everything after grabbing uh, the, the final girl. I don't remember her name. Yeah, it leaves with Jason just like going on a part three and shot in 3D, right? Or something. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, is Paul dead? He's, he probably yeah, Paul is dead. And you he, know, he you want to know died. who you want to know who else dies in this movie? Unfortunately, the dog. No. I th no, the dog didn't die. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I'm talking about Crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph. It's like, oh, no. It's like, Dave, no. I think he was the first one in the beginning to die, right? Yeah, near the beginning. I mean, he still uh, played his role and everything, and he, you know, warned them about the death curse, but... He warned you. He warned you. But he didn't take his own advice, and he just went out there to spy on everybody for some reason. I don't think he knew that Jason was even alive, though, you know. Oh, but he knew that there was still a death curse there. There was and a that curse. Everybody was going to die, and everybody was because doomed. the mother put that curse as soon as the, uh, the drowning happens in 58, right? Yeah. Damn. So, Robert, what do you think about this movie? I think it still holds up to date, man. It's just fun watching them all in order, you know, and just... It's, you can have a watch party with every one of them and just have a good time, but, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm talking about this particular part, movie. Part, part two? two? You know what? I need to watch The Bay of Blood because that's the original. And it is one of my favorites because it is the first one, like, I've rented from Blockbuster when I first saw it when I was a kid. That and Child's Play, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The Town of the Dreaded Sundown thing. That that's pretty creepy because I didn't see the uh, the town at sundown until after I saw Jason. I don't know Those killings in Texas were. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that in this movie that's lifted from other movies. Definitely, it is, dude. I barely noticed it. Like the talk of the the campfire scene in the beginning, right? That was like the burning. We went into yeah, that, right? That's totally the burning. That I is mean, the burning, and that's dude. a very very effective scene. I when think. you. I, I like that, man. They kind of put like three movies into one. And it still comes out as a unique experience. As its own thing, right, too. And it know. introduces Jason perfectly. Yeah. Cropsy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but on to the third movie, that kind of starts similarly as well. It has a campfire scene, right? 
And then it also recaps the first two movies. Yeah, see, I love the, the recaps. If you really didn't know what happened, it just picked you up right where it left off, you know? And hey, I'm sure that it was a lot cheaper for the filmmakers to yeah. actually, you know, go back, just show some uh, recaps from the previous movies. And, you know. So, how cheap was Silent Night, Daily Night 2? <laughs> <laughs> right? That well, was mostly fucking recaps. Dude, that whole thing was a damn recap. Fuck. Practically. Damn. Yeah. But I, I like the way that they open this movie. I mean, they have the campfire uh, framing, and they have the recaps. And, Robert, refresh my memory. In this movie, what is the setup? Like, what what is the scenario this time? Remember uh, one of the final girls is trying to get away for the weekend, so she brings all her friends. Yeah, And yeah. supposedly Jason was stalking her before that. Like in the woods somewhere, and then she wakes up in her bed. And then- oh, yeah, that's right. Supposedly, the final girl in this movie, she encountered Jason years before, and weirdly enough, he kind of looks like an even more deformed and hairless version than what he yeah. was in the second movie. Yeah, exactly. Not the whole lumberjack thing. I don't know. Yeah, th- that's pretty much what you could call him in part two, right? Lumberjack Jason? Look like a lumberjack or town dread sundown. Jason, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> no, yeah, he's just just a a lumberjack with the town that dreaded sundown sack over his head. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> scarecrow sack from Batman. <laughs> yeah, but Robert, the kills in this movie, I kind of feel like they were maybe a little more subdued. Part three and three D. Yeah, see, everything had that three D thing where it had to pop out of the screen. Yeah, right? yeah. I yeah. mean, th- there's that scene where that that homeless dude who's playing the crazy Ralph role. I yeah, mean, there, the it's, Dave, it's Dave. pretty much required to have that character in all of these movies. You need a Dave or a Ralph character. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a lot of scenes in this movie where if you watch it in 2D, it's obvious that it was meant to be 3D and it was meant to really kind of be right in your face and everything. Yeah. Like the hot poker. Stick, yeah. Stick out of the camera, the bat, the axe handle, the even the stabbing or the chain going through the Volkswagen bug. Yeah. That was supposed to meant to pop out right at you. Right? Yeah. Right and on. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie in 3D glasses. It's just like getting over the fruit roll-up colors. It's just like really weird, dude. Yeah. But. I mean, old school 3D technology is kind of, I, I don't know. It's primitive, but I mean, it's interesting. I remember seeing that with like Spike Kids 3 and 3D. But you still oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> I don't know, man. It was, I don't know. Not a big fan of that. I mean, I think new 3D is better now yeah but what, what do you think of the story of this movie see it goes back to the final girl recapping why she's there to begin with i think she's trying to figure out what you know what happened like a, yeah a summer before that and yeah all her friends start dying one, one by one right even the, the stoner characters you got yeah, oh, those stoner characters, they both have matching bongs and they're smoking matching. in the back of the van. They're chasing it up in the A-Team van. We'll call that. We need to get one of those. Yeah, an A-Team van, totally. Put a collateral <laughs> cinema logo on it. I'll, that'll be our wheels on the road. Or the tour van. That'll be the touring van. We're tour podcast. Whenever this, this COVID-19 crap goes away. Take, it, we on can, the, take it on the road. You know, yeah. But how about the kills in this movie 
Like, like I said earlier, they're a little more subdued. Of course, the MPA was going really, really chop happy with movies like this. I mean, they ha- really hated the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Oh I mean, man! They, they, <laughs> oh man! They chopped some of those movies to shit. Man, like seriously, wish we can see them in the original cut, though. Oh yeah, but the ending of this movie is interesting because the the final girl finally realizes that Jason is the man that attacked her all those years ago. Yeah, as soon as he takes off Shelly's mask, or she hangs him, right? Yeah, from from the bar. And he oh, t- Shelly's oh, mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off. I mean, we forgot to bring up Shelly. He's the character that actually gives Jason his, uh, his mask, iconic dude. hockey mask. Yeah. yeah, it's like that. That's actually a pretty important moment in this entire series. Yeah, he's the Joker who just played the uh, pranks on everybody. Nobody took him serious until, you know, he was finally. He's finally dead, and, yeah. you know, even at that moment, his friends are just like, come on, Shelly, get up, don't fuck yeah. around. That was funny, though, because it, it looked real enough when he started doing all those pranks. Oh, definitely. That's that's an asshole, dude. That's like, an a- Yeah, total asshole, and he's, like, wondering why nobody wants to hang around him, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's part of the group of the friends, but he's obviously the black sheep of the group of friends. Like, you don't have to do that, man. Everybody likes you. You don't have to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I like the character. He, yeah, I think it's funny. It's childish and trying to recap something maybe something you lost i don't know yeah but the, that ending though it ends in the barn and she ends up uh hitting him in the head with an axe right yeah and that that's ultimately what does him in right after she hangs him and that's right after uh jason takes his mask, mask off, off and leers at her for a little bit like hey, hey, hey i remember uh, you and then Buttercream. <laughs> oh, buttercream. <laughs> buttercream. Buttercream gang. And then puts his mask on and then hits him over the head with the axe. And she goes off into the boat and then kind of picking up from part one where the final girl goes in the boat. Yeah. Cops coming at the end. But this, no, no this it's time it's not cops coming at the end. Uh, Jason uh, looks at her through the uh, window of the. Yeah main house and then he comes out he doesn't have his mask on and he's just looking at her like hey, hey i'm gonna come and get you uh, cream. Uh, oh my god i'm just kidding <laughs> and then but, yeah pamela Voorhees comes out yeah. of the lake with so many podcasts out there shows can get lost in the shuffle that's why we implore you to check out too many captains you can find us at a moviepodcast.com Five unique takes on Hollywood movies and culture. Find us on Twitter at It's a Film Podcast. Check our intellectual deep dives into theatrical films. Find us on Instagram at Too Many Captains Productions. Unique takes on soundtracks. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Too Many Captains Productions. Find us at a moviepodcast.com on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. That's the part where it's like, what's going on? Yeah, it's kind of a little bit of a mindfuck because for one, she's not decapitated. She's just like just like from the original. Yeah, it's like I know that Betsy Palmer was completely fucked, dude. Yeah, I mean, she died and her head came off. Yeah, Pamela it, Voorhees a- is dead. It, it's kind of why I can see why the series went in a more supernatural path. You know, because 
right after part three, we go into the final chapter and yeah, pick us up from all the original kills, all the recaps, yeah. like a cliffhanger. I'm saying, you know, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Robert, what are your thoughts on this part, installment in Friday the 13th? Part three. Remember that bike gang? And then Shelly just runs over the bike because they're like toughening him up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts where he just runs over their bikes and takes <laughs> off. <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah. I mean, of course he's going to do that to the bikers. I mean, right? that was kind of an accident. He didn't back up into their bikes and then throws down his tall boy and then gets Holy his chain shit. out, dude. And just yeah. Oh, yeah. He punches out to... the window and it's like, dude. oh, yeah. Yeah. He tries to fuck them up. Yeah. yeah. And then he just. Follows them the whole time, takes the gas out. I think they were planning on setting the barn on fire or something. So, what, something what like were they that. doing with all that gas? Oh, who fucking knows? Right. Yeah, yeah I, I think they were going to actually set the barn on fire. Commit maybe? arson. Yeah, they were going to straight commit arson. They were. They were going to burn that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't get to see that happen because yeah. Jason killed them. Yeah, well, I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, obviously they were there to do some malfeasance. <laughs> I think. Yeah, they're going to burn the but, bar down. <laughs> yeah, anyway, moving on, to part fi four. Final chapter. The final chapter, which we actually just watched not too long ago. Yes, we did. We saw the deleted scenes, the uncut scenes, the bloopers. Yeah, right? yeah, great. yeah. There, there, there's some interesting outtakes to this movie. Corey Feldman. Yeah, Bobby. and this is where Tommy Jarvis is introduced. The Jarvis. Probably the, yeah. probably the closest thing to an actual main protagonist that this entire series has. The only character that you feel for in any way. Yeah. And he ended up having a trilogy of movies. At least three. At least three. That we know yeah. of. Yeah. It's it's the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. We call it that. People should know about that. And what's cool about it is you can actually kind of jump right into part four, even though it's supposed to be the final chapter, the definitive death of Jason. They said that. They said it was going to be the final chapter, but then you had the new beginning. But we won't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I think that this is probably the most enjoyable of the Jarvis trilogy. If not, maybe the more, one of the more enjoyable movies in the entire franchise. Jason lives where the Jarvis trilogy ends. Yeah. I, I like that. Are, yeah. Are we watching that right now? No, we just watched that. It's on repeat oh. right now. Oh, we were watching the special features, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we were watching that as well. I really like Corey Feldman's role in this movie. I like his performance. I mean, I like that this kid has like an actual talent for special effects and latex mask making and everything. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, that is really interesting to me. And of course, it was a total shout out to Tom Savini. Like, that's pretty much what he is. He's like a little kid, Tom Savini. No, you're right. With the little puppet he had. What was that? Little animatronic? Dude, that was it, bad. It, it was a literal hand puppet, but a yeah. very impressive one. Very good. Very good. Yeah, very impressive. Hollywood skills. <laughs> yeah. And the setup for this movie is, you know, we have the Jarvis family. We have Tommy, his sister, sister and his mom. His mom. I think his mother just recently divorced. Right? Yeah, recently divorced. And they're shown as having a pretty standard home life like the daughter and the mom are very close to each other in the country i mean where in the country work, there's no gas stations and no jobs no. yeah and next door that's where a bunch of that's teenagers where that's yeah, where it happens that's where it happens a bunch of teenagers including crispin glover if crispin i'm not glover, the crispin fly. fucking glover 
McFly. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I, we've got to bring up his dancing in this movie oh real quick. Oh, that's fucking. Oh hilarious. man, we, we saw some of the outtakes for this shit, and it actually went on longer than it was supposed to. <laughs> I don't know if what he was doing was moshing or if he was trying to freestyle or something like that. What is but that? They did a dance like that in uh, what, what was it? Hard House on Highway Five. Right? Oh, you're right. Yeah. It was a weird dance, man, like coming out of the 70s and into the 80s. I don't know. What was that? <laughs> this was roughly mid-80s, I believe. Yeah, Final Chapters was mid-80s. It's very mid-80s. And instead of having Camp Crystal Lake as a focal point here... I think it is Camp Crystal Lake. Is it? Yeah. It's all the same camp. He, he is it just, really the same camp? Yeah, but yeah, they end up hiking... You know, the bunch of friends, and then they go swimming in the lake. They get all naked. Remember that? That's the same lake. Yeah, but I, d I don't think that this actually happens at the camp, right? No, no camp. Just yeah, it's, a it's, house, two houses. Yeah, like, it's right it's, ne it's next door to the Jarvis house. On the much. same lake. On yeah. the same lake. Yeah. And Tommy Jarvis, he's always catching a little bit of a view of some naked women all the time. Like, like there's that scene where they're all skinny dipping, and he's just coming up on them and spying on them. He's just like, whoa, whoa. naked people. Whoa. It's like, whoa, there's boobies. Boobies, 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 boobies. <laughs> boobies, boobies, boobies. Yeah, and there's that scene where he is just straight up spying on those, uh, on that couple having sex and everything. Or, oh, or like, it's right out his window that's hilarious and his mom comes in. <laughs> mom comes in and pretty much notices right away. It's like, so. what is he doing? Get a little hard on, little... Half chub. Ah, this little what, fucker. What is he doing? <laughs> it's like, what up? What are you doing, Feldman? What are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what do you think about the kills and the effects work in this movie? Oh man, it was a masterpiece, dude. Just yeah. setting up for those entire scenes took. They have a scene that I think is kind of reminiscent of. Uh, the shower murder and sleepaway camp where yeah. he's backed up against the um, movie screen and Jason straight up stabs him be from, behind, from behind straight through the screen. Goes all the way down the yeah, screen. Goes all the way down. Watching all that pervert stuff on the screen. Oh yeah, he, he finds those old like 1920s stag films yeah, or whatever. stag films, dude. Black and whites. Dude. And of course they're nothing like too incredibly like pornographic, of course. It, just, it's Just topless. Yeah, it's literally just like a nudie topless thing with yeah. 1920s women you with know no sound just no sound whatsoever real to real <laughs> and that one obnoxious dude a uh, crispin glover's friend uh, ted i think his name is he's just sitting there stewing over the fact that he just couldn't get any right S striked out i mean struck out every time didn't have what it took i guess just being all weird you know <laughs> but i mean what's the most memorable kill for from this movie Probably either the cleaver scene with Crispin Glover, actually the same time, where he stabs him with a corkscrew and then he hits him with a cleaver. Yeah. Well, that said it, I think, for me. <laughs> Straight up. And then man. when they spiked him to the outside of the doorway. Yeah. And is, is this the movie where Jason is uh, taken to the morgue and then he kills the uh, that one dude who's trying to get laid by, by that one nurse? Yes, he... That is memorable because he's watching all that workout that stuff. That workout right? video. What the <laughs> that fuck is that, that? That's a real thing. Yeah, it's an actual video. workout video. Yeah, 
you can find that. But what are those women doing around in a circle, like humping their butts up and down? What the fuck are they doing? Jazzer- How is that aerobics? Jazzer side aerobics. What's aero- What is aerobic or what is <laughs> exercise about that? Like, what the fuck? Pelvic thruster. I don't know. And of course, I mean, he's trying to watch this while getting it on with this chick who's, I don't understand She's her. trying to watch the news. There's yeah. a killer behind him, and he's wanting to get his rocks off. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. But, I mean, he gets dispatched with a bone saw. Yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes, too. Yeah. Right where they bone saw him, and then they turn his head around and just completely break it off you know yeah that was an interesting effect and then we saw some actual behind the scenes footage we of saw, those. we saw the takes on that and amazing amazing work though yeah it really was but i mean robert as far as the story of this movie is concerned what do you think oh man the story with the family next door and the kids coming out for the weekend getting slaughtered i mean I think the final chapter stands on its own. I yeah. Mean, I, I think you can, but you know what? You can make a film sort of just like the final chapter and it's still hauled up. Yeah. Just call, yeah. It, call it its own thing. Maybe. And also, you know, that ending is pretty badass. It is actually. badass. With yeah. the machete to the, to the head and then it just goes down and then Tommy Jarvis is just hacking him up because he s- still sees him moving, you know? And, and and this is the final scene, just uh, Tommy looking at the camera, looking like he might be the next jason exactly and that leads into the you know what else had that an ending like that the child's play yeah child's play remember andy barkley's like looking yeah you're right that's weird i don't know what was that a thing i don't know dude 80s (laughs) (laughs) but let's go ahead and wrap things up with the fifth movie Robert, this is kind of an odd one to me. The new beginning. The new beginning. Okay. Yeah, that's really odd to me because, I mean, you have Tommy Jarvis in it. This is the second movie in the Jarvis trilogy, but he's not really in this movie that much. He's um, goes to that little hospital, right? Or what, Yeah, what it's, 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 a, it's a group home. A group home. There you yeah. go. And he's still traumatized from... What Jason did to his family, you know, how he tore him apart. and Yeah, he's having lots of hallucinations. Yeah, he's having flashbacks. He's having hallucinations. Yeah, he's, like- he's obviously fucked, but he actually takes a back seat to the rest of the kids in this group home, I think. Like, there's that one dude that likes to just walk up and offer a chocolate bar to people, and that ultimately leads to his demise when he walks up to the wrong motherfucker at this group home, tries to give him this chocolate bar, and this dude has obviously got some fucking rage issues and everything. And chopping wood with an axe, yeah. just like, stay away from him. And he, and he ends up killing this kid, just chopping him up in the back. And it's jarring because this is the first time in this franchise that we saw somebody other than Jason killing another person. Well, if you didn't know the ending to this movie then it's a copycat spoiler alert yeah spoiler alert spoiler. it's a copycat it's actually one of the ems dudes his who, father his yeah, father that's his father and it's i don't know that kind of came out of nowhere to me i'm just like huh i mean the whole time all the when all the killings happen all the elaborate killings and right up to the final moment to where 
they kill off the killer and the whole time you th- you think it's Jason dude the, yeah when I was a yeah. kid it was one of my favorites it still holds up as one of my favorites the new beginning god I think it killed them more times than Jason at least over 21 kills right yeah this actually has a really high body count it does this copycat did more killings than actual Jason did <laughs> yeah it's like what the fuck man it's like Funky, what, what happened to you I mean I, I understand you lost your son but mm-hmm. shit badass it's like why did everybody else have to die i mean he pretty much took care of the person that killed his son right i think they took him off to oh, no. jail right? yeah they took him to, to jail you're right the father goes off on a spree right killing everybody avenging his son right yeah i mean it's an interesting angle on jason and, and his lore you know like Actually removing Jason Voorhees from the movie. From the equation. From the equation. (laughs) Because he's dead. Tommy Jarvis had killed him. He put him in his grave, right? And we don't see that until after the new beginning. And we'll go into that in part two of Director's Cut of Friday the 13th. So keep keep watching us. So so real quick, what do you think of the kills and the special effects in this movie? Huh. They were a lot of labyrinth. I mean, there was a belt scene with the eyes. There was a hedge clipper sink, like the burning. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what did he stick a road flare in this dude's mouth? Dude? Oh, that <laughs> was hilarious. Dude, that was cool. <laughs> that was h- fucking hilarious, man. Damn. What else did he do? Oh, shit. Just, I like, don't entirely Strangled a girl. Him. Just, I don't know. Yeah. It's like he had more power than Jason. I don't know. Yeah, he he killed that one girl in her room while she's doing that weird robot dancing Real. to the 80s pop. Yeah, 80s pop robot dancing. Dude. <laughs> it's like, well, what the fuck is she even into there? Like, what would that be considered? Like, it's not goth. No, what is that? I think she's, she's kind of gothy, but... Yeah, goth before goth. I don't know. Yeah. She invented goth. But, I mean, special effects in this movie, not really... A whole lot to really talk about. I mean, this was another one of those Friday the 13th movies that was really, really chopped up by the MPAA. So a lot of the gore is almost non-existent. Cut away all the good shit. You know, it takes a lot to do that. Why do they cut it all away? I know. It's so much work just put to waste. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the way that I see it. Fuck all that. But yeah, fuck the MPAA anyways. Bunch of puritanical bastards. Fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but i mean even though i mean the gore is tommy little... jarvis is karate he all of a sudden karate came i don't know what he'd take karate classes oh, dude yeah you're right Remember? he goes full jason born on people he's fucking he? whipping people's ass yeah yeah where the fuck did he learn that shit yeah, jason born chuck norris whatever yeah. dude <laughs> it's cobra kai in it i don't know what he's doing yeah but i mean what do you think of the of the story here i i feel that Story-wise, I mean, it's got an interesting angle to it. It's at least trying to do something different. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you got to give this movie credit for that. Yeah, I mean, as far as anybody knew, the final chapter was going to be the last Jason movie. But And it would have been interesting if they would have used the copycat angle to kind of branch off into different territories, maybe branch away from Jason a little bit, a la yeah. Halloween 3, kind of. Kind of its own thing with Halloween 3, but still uh, John Carpenter's story, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like they really could have taken the franchise to some new places had they have, you know, kept Jason dead after this. They could have. And then he resurrects him and Jason lives. <laughs> yeah. And in the end, how is the Jason copycat dispatched? 
right at the end, right, where um, the machete fight at the end where yeah, yeah. Tommy Jarvis pops up at the end of a rainstorm. Yeah, he practically hulks out and just fucks him up. Yeah, Tommy Jarvis is trying to remember. I, I don't know if he, Jason remembers him, right? They just look at each other for a second, and he's flipping out. Jarvis, yeah, at least to a, a scuffle. <laughs> and and at the end of this movie, you have another allusion towards uh, Jarvis maybe becoming the next Jason Jeez. copycat, exactly. and th- that's probably where they would have taken it. Honestly, yeah, that's that's what we're talking about, like Jason or Jarvis being another copycat. And, of Jason and, or something, right? And that's interesting because they could have actually... They could have gone into that angle. They yeah, could, they, they, they could have actually it. shown how Jarvis would eventually break down and just become Jason. like Become uh, another copycat, right? Yeah, I mean... Exactly, I, dude. Yeah. By that point, they wouldn't even need to be ambiguous about it. That is badass. When you think of it that way, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm glad we're talking about this. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's kind of interesting to think about what might have been here had they have just kept Jason in the grave. Yeah. Because the final chapter, they did give Jason a pretty definitive death. They were even saying that, you know, the screenplay writer, the person who wrote the script and everything, he was like, we really needed to use very definitive language here. Exactly. Very definitive grammar to say that Jason is absolutely fucking dead. dead. They wrote the final chapter. Like it was yeah. going to be the last one in the franchise. Yeah. That's and, what they did. And and then this movie was, they were trying to take it in a different way while still having Jason in the movie. Yeah. Well. Which, which is cool. It stands on its own. I mean, some people don't like it, but. Yeah. I'll always like it, man. It's cool as hell, you know? It's it's an interesting movie. Yeah. Not, not my favorite of the Jarvis trilogy, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. before you have felt the terror known the madness lived the horror but this is the one you've been screaming for Friday the 13th the final chapter Jason is back he moves like a shadow, dark and silent. Sorry, you change your mind? He never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. Where the hell's the car scroll? He simply, mindlessly, <laughs> mercilessly, <laughs> kills. But now, Jason's reign of terror is over. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Jason's unlucky day. But we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up. I mean, what are your final thoughts on this movie, Jason Lives? Uh, We're in the new big... Oh, new beginning. Oh, we'll fuck talk me. about that. We'll, yeah. we'll pick off on part two. Jason lives. And yeah, we'll that. yeah. I'm mistaken. God damn it. It's too late. The it's third late. Uh, Jarvis 
one. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, the third Jarvis one. That'll be a lot of fun. So the new beginning, you know, you either love it or hate it. And, you know, I, I still like it for what it is, a copycat murderer. And yeah, it's using it's the whole Jason thing. And it's still scary as shit, you know? I mean, it, you don't know it's not Jason until that final moment. Yeah, it's it's actually really interesting how they led up to that moment. It's still a psychopathic killer. I mean, yeah, and he's still using Jason's MO and everything, so I mean, it MO. still fits. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. You can find Collateral Cinema and Collateral Cinema Director's Cut on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Chill Lover Radio, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We are also on Patreon and Podchaser. Don't forget to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser so that we can climb up the ranks a little bit. Do it. Do it. And yeah, check out our full-length commentaries on Patreon. They start at a dollar. That's the, the first tier. Donate, you cheap bastards. Donate, yeah. please donate. It's just a dollar. Come on now. It starts at a dollar, and if you want to give us more, you're more than welcome to. Please. And you know what? Send us your film so we can review it. Oh, yes. If, you, if you're a filmmaker and you have a movie, send it to us, and we will review it on the director's cut. We don't care. Podcasters, filmmakers, do it. Straight up. And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So with that, we're going to go ahead and close things out. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And this was Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. Part two of our Friday the 13th exploration will be coming after our next Collateral Cinema episode, which is Perfect Blue by Satoshi Kone. And that's going to be really interesting. So stay tuned. And we will see you later. Bye. Part two.
Collateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.